0: You throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the same goddamn thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn right,
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is another episode of At The Diner on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. Guys, we're going back to class. It's another Geek 101 that we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be talking about Star Trek because one of the things that we strive for here at the Great Geek Refuge is we want to be as inclusive as possible. And inclusivity means like, you know, all people of all races, genders, types, whatever. Everybody's welcome. But also to what you're not familiar with. You don't have to have prerequisites to be part of our community. So if you don't know about Doctor Who, if you don't know about uh, Superman, for instance, that was our last one. If you don't know about Star Trek, if you don't know about Star Wars, we're gonna give you an intro class on that. So tonight in the 101, in the Geek 101, it's going to be Star Trek a franchise near and dear to my heart, but I've also got some wonderful podcasters joining me tonight It's my crew my awesome group of friends who help me do this at the diner podcast every week Joining me and the guy. Oh look. He just came up on video too. Look at that. There. He is That's fancy like things. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna go on video. Why not? Why Fuck not? It. Yeah, so joining me from the I just assume that it's already snowing and there's like four feet of snow. And that's just how it is up in the Pittsburgh area. But he's the guy who helped found the website, um, greatgeekrefuge.com with me back in 2014. His name is Steve Monick.
2: We're not Michigan bad as far as like snowfall. So we're not quite there yet, but it's it's not uh, it's not too warm up here. I'll tell you how much right now.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. I would say, because I mean, I'm just, I'm taking the captain's seat. That's That's what happens in a star Trek episode, uh, I'm going to designate you, Steve Monick, my number one. Plus you do have a very Riker-esque beard. So, so any Riker, but season one Riker. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or Star Trek insurrection when he shaved. But yeah, pretty much. I think that means I avoid that terrible episode. So I'm in. <laughs> well, there's a couple of terrible
2: episodes, but you know which one I'm talking about.
3: Oh, you talking about the the one at the end of season two, where it's like a flashback episode? Basically, the whole thing. It's like was that season two? I thought that was season one.
2: Damn! I watched a lot of Star Trek recently.
3: Yeah, there's a whole story behind that, and we'll delve into that in a little bit. But yeah, oh, oh, it's a mess. Um, (laughs) But if you're my number one, then my second officer would be the guy that I'm trying to think of an MC that works in Star Trek. A, I guess he would be a Matter Converter. I was going to say, uh, Chekhov.
0: I like that. <laughs> matter Converter, matter converter.
3: yeah. <laughs> Mr. Chekhov actually works too, Rambo. That's a good one. But he's not That's Russian enough good. to pull that off. Oh yeah, Chekhov's we're, we're, okay. Was Bones the
2: medical chief? Whoa. Or,
3: because he, if he's the second officer on the Enterprise, that would make him Data. He would be a mechanical commander, Brooks. Oh, shit. <laughs> and yes. I've said his name like nine that times works. now. <laughs> his name is MC Brooks. Yay!
0: That works. Mike, you know tomorrow's a, a special day, right?
3: Uh, the 30th of October? Would that be the one-year anniversary that the Washington Nationals won the World Series? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. After we introduce our fourth member of the podcast, uh, we'll dovetail into that just quickly before we jump into our, our Star Trek 101 um but if that makes let's see so who would be the fourth in command on the enterprise counselor troy no i'm just kidding
1: <laughs> it's never gonna happen steve
2: <laughs> i just want you to wear the the, the leotard That's never uh, fine
3: i'm not doing it again,
2: <laughs> uh, again <laughs> i told he you, says I told you it was
3: one and done that was a one-time thing no pictures uh <laughs> he only turned 34 once
1: <laughs> and you're welcome.
2: <laughs> you know what? Scary. Uh, in uh, you know, like two weeks uh, in November, I actually will be turning 34.
3: So, thank um, you. Way to telegraph that one, Rambo. Great job. I've picked a random number. <laughs> yep. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make. I'm, I'm 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 classifying Rambo as our chief engineer, uh, Mr. Jordi LaForge Rambo, joining us on the podcast this evening.
0: I'll take it. I think I mean, that's great. Right. Lieutenant Commander's right? to be the black guy for once. How about that? I was going to say, I'm like,
3: you didn't take
1: one of <laughs> like a handful of black characters, and you're like, you other white
3: guy,
0: you should be. The, <laughs> you should you be to, to be the black guy today.
3: <laughs> Fine, you're Scotty then. You happy? See <laughs> I'll make you Scotty. There you go. We'll st- we'll stay true to race. <laughs> I am, I am uh, Scottish and Irish and all kinds of shit. Let's see, and then there it works. And then not only that, when I ask you if you can get something done, you multiply the amount of time it will take by a factor of four, so it makes it look like you're getting things done fast. So you are indeed a miracle worker. Um, I wanted to dovetail real quick because I, the World Series for this year is over, and the Los Angeles Dodgers won. I don't know if you guys have been following this or not. I know Rambo is not a big into sports. I know Steve is just like pretty much shut sports out completely because of the uh, coronavirus and everything. But the Dodgers won the World Series. It was gratifying because they beat the Atlanta Braves on the way, and I fucking hate Atlanta, so that was that was wonderful. That was nice yeah. to see, especially because Atlanta was up three games to one and just completely choked. And it's, it's so it's awesome just watching them choke.
0: There's just, just something about that city. Oh, and like <laughs> they talk so much shit, so much shit, and they always Except choke. Except for us. He's he's the only one. He's the yeah. only Atlanta fan I know who doesn't. He's the and only feel, Atlanta fan I feel, that I feel sorry for. I feel bad, yeah. I, I feel legitimately bad for him. I, when Atlanta lost the Super Bowl, when they lost
3: the Super Bowl and the Patriots came back, like, with that roaring fashion, I made a tweet that said, I haven't seen Atlanta get burned like this since 1864. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's devastating. And Russ's response was just, oh, man. Like, not even, like, hey, you. It was just, yeah. man. <laughs>
2: He didn't really have a comeback. He was just kind of like, I just I just wish Mike yeah. hadn't, you know, like it
3: was just a <laughs> man. All right. The Dodgers won. But what's fucked up about this is it's the exact reason why I was trying to stay out of sports in general for the whole coronavirus and stuff that was going on. One of their star players, this guy, Justin Turner, it was their third baseman, like an integral part of their team, tested positive for uh, COVID-19. Like who nobody even knows when he tested positive, but he was positive the entire time they were playing. And then MLB got news of it in like the seventh inning of the game. And they were like, you need to get your punk ass off the field now. And he was like, "Okay, I'll get
0: off the field. Go ahead. Well, no. So what they actually knew in the second inning, they found out about the first test in the second inning. And when they found out about the first positive test, they expedited the second test. Which is when they found out in the seventh inning, uh, and they made him—they made him uh, come out—come out of the game.
3: But it gets so much better. So he comes out of the game, right? He goes and like sits in a doctor's office, like like you do in elementary school when you you know you have an upset stomach and you have to go to the nurse's office. Like <laughs> just sit here until your parents come pick you up, Justin.
0: Now
2: doc- imagine a giant bench where like his feet don't like reach, and he's just <laughs> waiting.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry my mom will be here soon. But like so they win the World Series and then Justin Turner comes out on the field like it's like everything's okay now. Hey the World the World Series is over. The the season's over so you guys can't punish me for this. He comes out with a mask but mind you he's got one of those big mountain man beards. So it's like his mask is covering like one, like one quarter of his face, and like his giant beard is everywhere else. And then the motherfucker takes the mask off to take pictures with everybody. And of yep. course, like you know, he open mouth kisses a lot of the players and stuff, like you do when you win the World Series. So in like, the trophy, and the trophy, just like what, what the fuck, dude? Like, I don't they, know, man.
2: At that point, I mean, he's probably been around him enough. If if they're gonna be exposed, they're exposed.
0: It's just especially because they were in the bubble. That like that's that's the interesting thing is, you know, they baseball went through the 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 shit fest of the regular se- of their shortened yeah. regular season with teams traveling, and you know teams like the Marlins and uh, what was it the the Cardinals I think having like a million players and and staff test positive, just to do the bubble when they get to the playoffs, and he's the only one who yeah. somehow tested positive.
3: I just I just imagine him like just like getting on first base and like talking to the the first baseman of the Rays like nose to nose like the whole like i just like no social distancing whatsoever like and it's just it's it made me
0: so mad like i just, i couldn't believe that that sort of thing happened like like it was no big deal yeah and and uh some i forget someone on ESPN made this point earlier is you could see the aftermath of this kind of be sort of like the Astros thing where no one is actually held accountable for any of this stuff happening, because you know the off season is about to happen. Turner's a free agent, so he might not even be there uh, on the on the Dodgers next year. And so you know the the any penalties that might that might come might come upon the team that has a bunch of players that weren't there for this run. Yeah. And Turner himself, if he were to choose to retire, might face no consequences for doing this or getting anyone else uh, sick you know, if anyone else, you know, is found to be infected.
3: Let's, let's do this. Let's let's put a, put a bookmark on this. And I think what we'll do is maybe this weekend, MC, you and I will do uh, an episode yeah. of post game. Yeah, we um,
0: can do a longer version of this. Yeah. Cause I just, sure. te- I just wanted to,
3: I just want to talk about it real quick because like, I can already see Rambo's eyes glazing over. So <laughs> Just wake me when you're done. Okay.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's talk Star Trek guys i want to kick this off star trek yes um i want to kick this off because when it comes to star trek and star wars i i love them equally like i can't say that i like one more than the other but like there's something about star trek that like i can connect with so many happy memories as a kid and like getting to see like star wars was something that every kid was into every every kid my age like in the 8 growing up in the 80s was into star wars like everybody wanted to any stick you found on the ground was a lightsaber you know like everybody knew all the references star trek was like this cool nerdy secret that like only me and a few other of my friends knew about like i remember there were like there was like two kids i knew in elementary school that liked star trek like i did and it was just this awesome thing and like it was like this secret that i found out about because my my uh, my aunt, my mom's sister, introduced me to all the old TV shows. Um, my dad had, like, all the um, original series movies, and we would watch those. But I remember going to see Star Trek Four when that came out in theaters. I was little. Like, my dad took me to go see that with him. Um, I went and saw the pile of dog shit Star Trek Five with my aunt in the theaters. Like... The original series was, like, it was just this awesome thing that I just absolutely fell in love with. Like, I, I told Steve this because his son is now starting to get into Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah,
2: very much, yeah.
3: That And he loves, like, all the spaceships. That I fell in love with those. Like, they were, I had notebooks full. Like, remember how Jonah Hill in Superbad was talking about his notebook full of dicks that he drew? Mm-hmm. That was me, but instead of dicks, it was, like, you know, the Enterprise and, like, Klingon ships and stuff like that. So, you know. <laughs> I mean they were I didn't did have to shape,
2: go... I'm assuming,
3: but well, they were ships. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Like like one. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't have to go see a therapist because of it, so I was good. <laughs> um, Star Trek is just something that I absolutely love. And it's also something that connects with the science community as well, because it means a lot to the whole science community as well. Like NASA, like the first space shuttle was named the Enterprise, specifically because of Star Trek. Like These guys are nerds. The Star Trek guys who created it are nerds. And it was this just awesome cross-section. And it just means so much to the science community, so much to the exploration community. And, like, that's right there in a nutshell. Like, that's why I really wanted to talk about this. Because whenever people are like, oh, I've never seen anything Star Trek-wise, I want to be like, oh, you were in for a treat. Let me tell you about all the wonderful things that are Star Trek. And realizing that it's a lot. So I wanted to start there. Um I wanted to go kind of round table here. Um let's kind of talk because I also want to get MC's perspective. He's gonna be kind of our everyman who's not as big a fan of this or a fan at all, who can kinda of ask us questions. Because Rambo, you're you're a pretty big fan, Steve, you're a pretty big fan, I'm a pretty big fan. So without us like gushing like I just did for, you know, forty <laughs> minutes, um, let's let's talk about what this what this property is and like how you would explain it succinctly to somebody who's like, I don't even know where to start with this, or like, why should I watch this? Why is this important? Um, Steve, uh, go ahead and kick it off, bud.
2: Yeah, I want to hit on something that you kind of hit there, Mike, is the, the Star Wars, Star Trek thing. And um, it's, it's funny to me, like, now, like, thing used to be, like, a debate. Like, which one do you like? Which side are you on? Are you Star Wars or Star Trek? And the way I kind of think about them is... Star Trek is, like, a really well-cooked, like, meal. And Star Wars is, like, a really nice dessert. And it's really those things because, you know, one's, like, a sweet and one's a savory. You know, they're, they're – but you can get them both at the same restaurant of, you know, sci-fi, sci-fantasy kind of thing. So, you know, there's a little more nuance. There's a little more – artisticness and a little more depth to the star trek side of things star wars is a little more like bang here's a bunch of sugar Um, and that's kind of how i feel that they they compare but together you know like in a robust you know format of i like a lot of different things they both have their place Um, and that's where star trek really i've rediscovered how much i've liked it because as a kid, I I was introduced to TNG. You know, I'm I was born in '86. I think TNG debuted in like '87. '87. Okay. So like, I mean, it's about as old as I am.
1: And, For anybody uh, not good. familiar, TNG, the next generation. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I gotta be yeah. Can't can't uh, go uh, DS9 or what we we gotta be careful about that stuff.
1: <laughs> so good call out, As as long uh, as we call it out initially, we should be fine. But we we gotta we gotta be clear about what the uh, the acronyms are
2: absolutely um so yeah so that was my first foray into it um in in kind of syndication when when i was uh you know a little bit older um you know my parents watched it and everything and and me and my brother kind of got into it but on a very superficial level and now as an adult and, and one of the best things about star trek is it's science fiction with a lot of depth to it uh there's moral quandaries there's you know fun episodes with the characters there's what would i do in that situation that's crazy you know so there's a lot of different nuance and depth to the episodes and that goes all the way back to the original series back when it first debuted and and all the way through um to today uh so i think that's the aspect i, I, I like the most about it is it has its niche and it has its place um and i don't think you necessarily have to decide which one you like the best is it uh, star wars or star trek they both have their place
3: yeah, absolutely. Rambo, what say you?
1: Um, at its simplest, uh, to talk about... I mean, and and to sort of piggyback off what Steve is saying, you know, the, the biggest compare, direct comparison is... And for some reason, it, I think it's just because it, the, the words are so similar, is Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, Star Wars is aimed initially at children. Star Trek is aimed initially at adults. Um it is um, this isn't I like both much like Steve I'm, I'm a fan of each of these things um, Star Trek is smarter than Star Wars um, and that's not That's not putting down Star Wars um, but it, it's designed to be something enjoyed by adults by people who can think past like I want to see a guy with a laser sword fight this giant fucking robot um <laughs> it's you know it's a story about a utopian society who has mastered space travel and so like great let's go see if we can't you know learn more about the universe and do as much cool shit as we can and yeah, it's it's there's a there's a great line in the second episode i i'm i'm just starting discovery now um great line in the second episode where uh one of the guys on the discovery says to michael we're we're starfleet officers we're we're explorers we're not soldiers and that is a perfect summation of star trek you know it's it's a five year mission to explore the universe we're trying to find as much as we can learn as much as we can make first contact if possible and if if we find civilizations that are ready for it um i mean shit they're i'm going to say they're responsible there are safeguards set up where they're supposed to be responsible uh, which are constantly broken and constantly disregarded, um, when the story deems
3: it deems it necessary. One
1: hundred percent. Yeah, you're like, oh, we can't violate the prime directive, except every time we do it, including now. Um, but it's yeah, it, it's it's a story about the best of us finally coming together, finally getting over our own bullshit. Like it's it's a running uh, theme throughout Star Trek that you you know they'll they'll encounter alien races that are still like, you know, clearly racist and sexist. And, and for them, they're like, man, humans used to be like that. Doesn't that suck? And that's a novel thing. You know, it's, it's weird that the Ferengi are obsessed with profit. Um, You know, like, well, what do you, why, why do you have a job? I don't well to, to better myself and to better my community. Why do you have a job to make money? But why? Because, because profit. And you say it and you're like, yeah, capitalism bad. Like, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's not without its flaws. Uh, I could go back to the Ferengi immediately uh, and talk about the, the anti-Semitism there. Um, but, you know, bit. just a scotch uh, and, yeah. and weirdly enough, all played almost exclusively by Jewish actors, which is a whole other thing.
3: Do you, do you um, want a, a quick weird aside about that? Please, yes. So when Gene Roddenberry came up with the Ferengi, one of the key components of it, and I think this is towards the end of Gene's life because he died um, in 90 or 91, one of those two, um, right before Star Trek Six came out. He, <laughs> So when he was writing the Ferengis, he's telling all the writers on Star Trek The Next Generation, he's like, all right, so these are these characters. They're focused on profit. They got these big ears and these weird-looking noses, and all they care about is profit, and they have giant dicks. And everybody was like, what? He's like, <laughs> what? all of them have giant dicks. And they're like, Gene, we're not writing that in the story. He's like, it is vitally important. You cannot take out the fact that they have giant dongs. I fucking swear to God. Like he was he was adamant about that. I'm dead serious. I have to find I have to find this quote. But like what? I read it multiple times that Gene Roddenberry was like, Frankie's have giant dicks, man. <laughs> like it was the weirdest shit. <laughs> and like how were they expected to include that in some fashion <laughs> on a on a show that showed like when children are still away? I don't know, but like, I guess he was like, read it subtly. I don't know, like, <laughs> make a bunch just, of euphemisms, like you know, Counselor
1: kind of imply involved. it with giant bulges. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Counselor Brace Troy would be like, I'm empathetic. I just feel like they always have a a huge weight that they're carrying around somehow. <laughs> I just feel it.
1: There's a strain on every parade You Have
2: tremendous lower they back all pain all legs. the time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they all have three legs. And then, right yeah, there, that's
2: that's what it would be. There'd be tripod. some kind of weird. There'd be some kind of weird scan. It's like, it, you know, the, the machine keeps telling me that the tricorder keeps saying they have three legs, but I don't. It doesn't seem to match with what I'm seeing here. So
3: I just see it like. Rikers like, oh, third leg. Fucking get it. Okay. <laughs> he would be the first one just kinda of giggling to himself. <laughs> he kinda of like elbows Jean-Luc. Get it? Number get one, it on. knock it off. That's childish. Eh? Eh? It's the cocks.
1: <laughs> it's a rocket ship. Um but yeah, man, I, I, I think that's that's really what it comes down to for me is is it's not better or worse; they're different things. Um, and Star Trek is it. It's always fun when it gets a little exciting. Like one of my favorite movies is First Contact, um, but that's not the movie. That's not the show all the time. Um, more often than not, it's 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 a story about you know like what Steve was saying: moral quandaries, and you know how can we how can we find a way around. Uh, this problem without it be, without it turning violent, um, you know, there's got to be some kind of conversation that can be had. Which is also why one of the the key antagonists throughout the entire show are the Klingons, because they're they're an entire race built around war. Like that is how they function. That is what they care about. Uh, and so the Federation's like, yeah, we're trying to be anti-war if we can be. We're 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 moving away from that. And they're like, fucking what? Why would you do that? It's the best. Um, So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sci-fi for, you know, for people who don't mind. It's not necessarily sci-fi for smart people, but it's sci-fi for people who don't mind thinking about what they're watching.
2: Yeah, you're not going to get a a measure of a man kind of story in Star Wars, right? That's that's where they sit there and have a a conversation in a trial. That's not going to happen.
1: No, not, not nearly as often. Which isn't to say that those kind of stories don't happen. Because they absolutely do. Like, the EU is... is Well, excuse me. The legends uh, yeah. are full of all that kind of shit. Where, you know, you have this this wide variety of stuff. But I think so much of that is uh, the the way that, you know, pop culture is just culture at this point. And, you know, there used to be very particular kinds of Marvel stories versus very particular kinds of DZ stories. And now those are all kind of homogenized and become one thing, um, good or bad. Um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, Star Trek is, is it's something I started watching, you know, much like Steve's doing with his kid. It was something me and my dad shared. Um, you know, we would watch, you know, next generation and then we would watch deep space nine and then we watch all of Voyager and, um, yeah, it's, it's something that's been, you know, really special to me for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, you got to be willing to, to consider... It, it's it's also why it blows my mind when Star Trek fans are like, We're in a good political! Right? <laughs> I since won't go that, any further into that. Since <laughs> 1966. Yeah, yeah, yeah since,
3: <laughs> since the first episode aired. <laughs> oh, you mean the show with the first interracial kiss? Yeah, I... <laughs> the the show where they had a guy whose face was from left to right half white half black and Uh then he was at war with a guy whose face was from left to right half black half white and the Enterprise crew was like you guys are the same no his his face face is backwards
1: the opposite clearly we are superior and you're like that's dumb and everyone everywhere who wasn't a bigot went right isn't it stupid (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, Star Trek is 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 smart people sci-fi, which I appreciate.
3: MC, what's your take on this, man? Because I know that you really are not a, a fan by any stretch, or like, have you like you've never really seen any of it, have you?
0: Nope. Like, uh, like, don't drag me for this, but you know what Star <laughs> Trek was when I when I was younger. Like when Star Trek came on, was the time for me to go to bed, because it came on right after SmackDown. I was like, all right, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm not watching this. Dead. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like that. That was mostly what it was, and and like, it it came on at a time before like I knew that I was really into sci-fi as much as I am, and just over the years, I I mean honestly, until I met you all, like I've never really had anyone in my life, friend or family, who's really watched or been into Star Trek. Um actually let me take that back uh a a rap group i used to be in was full of uh was was full of people who were like super into super into star trek and like they would have the star trek versus star wars like war dialogue conversation uh whatever you want to call it like they would have that almost all the time because all it would take is for someone to say something and, you know, next thing you know, they're all decided they're all taking shots at Star Wars. And this is before I've seen either like either franchise. So I just kind of took I just kind of took it for whatever, because they said they said kind of some of the same things that you said, Rambo, about it being kind of not really a show for smarter people. But like if you want to think about it. But the thing is, like the, those people in particular were people who were very elitist about the fact that they were smart. And they loved Star Trek. And so that was like, until you all, they were like, that was pretty much the only other people I know who were really into it. But like all of Star Trek is on Netflix. And like, there are like eight different shows and they all have (laughs) seemingly a million episodes. Yeah, I mean, there's probably not a million episodes, but I think, I think I watched like two episodes of like the original show from the 60s. And I saw season one was like 68 episodes or something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up now, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, like I, I've never, I've never watched it, and I'm a completionist, so I probably would start with the original series before getting into something I would probably like more, like the Next Generation or uh, Deep Space Nine, which from how other people have described. Describe them. Sound like stuff I I would probably really like if I you know sat down and and watched them. Like I'm not like I'm not someone like when it comes to anime, I'm not someone who cares about filler all that much. So you know like I know that people have like these lists of like Star Trek episodes you can skip to kind of get around stuff, and like I like, I don't really care about that. I would just I would just watch it in general. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've never seen I've never seen it. Everything I know is just hearsay or stuff that I've just overheard in conversation from folks.
3: It's for for people who are completionists, that makes it difficult because there is so much of it. Ooh, yeah. But I ended up doing it's on it's on GGR. It's on the Great Geek Refuge under it's either under I think it's under nostalgia. Um But I did the first three or the first four seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation, like a like a what to watch, basically, like, hey, if you want to know about this, this season of this show, like, where where do you start? Because I ended up going back and binging it because the only time that I'd really seen it was when I was young and like I didn't remember a lot of it. It was it was like these weird gaps in my memory with it. But I mean, it makes sense. I was like, like eight, you know, like I don't think most people can recall everything that happened when they were eight or every TV show or movie they watched. But um, I did that with Star Trek and it really helped. But also, too, like the thing, the episodes I loved as a kid were very different than the ones that I liked as an adult, because the ones that I liked as a kid where it was like, oh, the Enterprise is blowing some shit up. Hell, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was cool. But like the episodes that I love as an adult are the ones that like hit on some really serious topics. Like one of my favorite ones is it's from season three. It's when um, it's called The Offspring. It's when Data, who is an Android, um creates a daughter. And the whole episode is just it, it's incredible. Like it, I can't even like go into it because, like I would love it if you actually watched it, MC before I tell you what it's about. Um, it really hits on some really serious topics that like most people wouldn't really dare to to do in any any sort of television and so like, you
0: would say it's, it was like kind of ahead of its time in terms of some of the stuff that it was tackling
3: oh for sure yeah i mean like this i'll give you an example there's an episode uh, in uh, season three of star trek the next generation called hollow pursuits um that has everybody's favorite um fuck up uh that's uh lieutenant barkley barkley yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Broccoli. laughs> yeah. and barkley is he's nervous he's anxious he's not well spoken and he has, they have this thing called the holodeck and the holodeck is basically vo- virtual reality. Only you don't have to wear goggles. You just walk into a room and everything is real. Um, and he's addicted to it. So they're tackling internet addiction before it was a thing, before the internet was a thing. And like, it was just, it was an incredibly good episode. And like, there, there's just a, there's a ton of really, really good episodes throughout the entire series. And, I'm not a completionist because there are episodes that'll come on. And I'm like pass and I'll just skip it. <laughs> but yeah, there there are some that are just absolutely incredible and they do things with, with, with this series. Like the original series, like you have to watch it with a grain of salt because it was made in the sixties. And like what drives me absolutely bonkers is when people are like, Oh, the special effects are so bad. What special effects? There were no special <laughs> effects. They didn't exist yet, and they're like, "Well, the late, the phasers on the on the Enterprise look like markers drawn onto a, a, yeah, a film cell." Guess what? They were markers drawn onto a film <laughs> cell because that's all they could do.
0: It was the sixties. Like, come yeah. on,
3: like there there are actual episodes where like the aliens are dogs in costumes. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, just dogs in costumes.
1: Let's uh, yeah, let's, let's take Clint <laughs> Howard, and put him in a weird hat, <laughs> and dub his voice. There you go.
0: That's a weird-looking kid. He looks like an alien. He <laughs> looks <laughs> so I have another question, actually. Yeah. So yeah, are yeah. all the series connected? Like, is there a continuity, or are they kind oh, of yeah. like their own thing? Yeah. The thing is, is, like, you
3: could start with Next Generation and not watch any of the original series. There'll be some in-jokes that you don't get. Sure. But, like, honestly, like, if you were going to start anywhere, I would say you probably could start with the original series movies. Like, like watch a couple of episodes of the original series maybe like just not in... the motion picture that
2: one's a little rough if you it's, if that was your very first introduction to anything star trek do you think that would be a good thing or a bad thing
3: yeah
2: uh, <laughs> It's so, rough because
3: a lot of star trek fans really love the motion picture because oh yeah like,
2: that but that one's like, um, like if you ever like listen to an album by a band and you're like, it, it took me about 10 listens through that whole album before I was like, okay, I, I wasn't sure about this one at first, but the more I listened to it, I kind of grew on me and grew, on, and now. I kind of get it. Yeah. Um, but if that was the first thing you ever heard that band, you're like, I'm going to move on to something else.
3: Well, you got to think though, too. Like I, 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 again, cause I write about Star Trek a lot, uh, one of the articles I did about the original series movies, I talk about the motion picture and I was like, okay, so if you want to know in a nutshell, what the problem with this movie is, imagine the director, a guy named Robert Wise, the most often thing, uh, the most common thing he had to say to the cast was, okay, stare at the view screen and look concerned. That's a good, like <laughs> a third of the movie is them just like looking at the view screen and be like, Hmm, I don't know what this is. And it's like <laughs> that's the big bulk of the movie, but like, it's an interesting through. concept. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting concept, though. Like, the concept for the first movie is, is like, there's this weird energy cloud that is destroying everything in its path, and it's going right for Earth, and why is it coming there? And, yeah, I don't even—like, you can give it away, but, like, at the same time, too, it's, it's a really interesting science fiction prospect. Like, what happens out there where things that we have no idea—what happens after you go through a black hole, if something does go through a black hole? Like— yeah, I would say start with the movies, but like the first movie I ever saw, the first Star Trek movie I ever saw was Star Trek III: The Search for Spock, and then I went back and watched Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, and then went forward from there and caught the motion picture later, and was never really impressed by it. It was just like it was like, man, there's a lot of really cool shots in the Enterprise, man, that looks really neat. Boy, this it's, movie is boring. It's funny. I was that... talking to uh to Katie
1: uh, yesterday actually about um. About Star Trek and but specifically about Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Um maybe not yesterday recently. Doesn't matter. Um, it came up and I and, and we're, we we started talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, it's funny that the second movie is, is like widely hailed as the best of those movies. And I don't necessarily disagree, um, but in order to really appreciate it, you have to have watched this one episode. That gives you all of the background, and most people probably haven't. Um, which is one of the, one of the things I find really interesting is you know the 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 second movie MC is a direct sequel to an episode from the first first se- well definitely first series was it first second season I think it was like the first season yeah yeah um and it's it kind of blows my mind that it it's it's a, as appreciated as it is um considering that and I, and I guess it's just, you know, sort of a, a testament to how well it's written, how well it's acted, and how well it's directed. Um but yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh sort of stuff like that where like it, it's almost okay. I would say Star Trek is much like Discworld in so much as you do not have to have read all the books. But if you have there are tons of little interconnections here and there, um, wherein it's all really well established. Like me and my like, we watched D, uh, D- space nine off and on, because um, I think like it was being moved around like time slots and shit. Uh, but we were never quite sure when it was airing. Um, but uh, that is one of the the few series that takes place. Um, uh, uh, Time-wise, like relatively close to the other, a bunch of the other series. They actually had um, crossed over with Next Generation and with Voyager. Yeah, um, yeah. There was there was a big chunk where they were like, "All right, we're going to do a new show, but it's it's going to be over happening over here," as opposed to like a big time jump. Um, and for the longest time, like Worf from Next Generation becomes a crew member on the DS Nine. Um, and for the longest time, I was like, you know, Riker showed up and like. Troy showed up and all these people showed up. Where's Picard? I don't understand why Picard has never showed up. And then I watched the pilot. Yeah. And (laughs) and there's a very clear explanation for why Captain Picard does not come back.
3: Because Picard Um, was inadvertently responsible for the death of the commander of Deep Space Nine's wife. Yeah. So he doesn't really ever want to see Picard ever. It's
1: real bad. It's real bad. Um... (laughs) I <laughs> mc do you know who the borg are yeah that's what we
2: should do is pepper mc with like general pop culture star trek isms
0: and see how <laughs> much know he knows doesn't know.
1: so uh borg is is short for cyborg um i mean the borg is the name of the race uh but it's obviously taken on, on cyborg and... and race
2: is a loose term too because they're <laughs> yeah. well
1: Right. Well, no no, no. that's fair um i i i would see that's an, that's an interesting star trek argument it's like are the border mm-hmm. race yeah um i'd say they're a collective they certainly
3: are a collective um so you know, what it comes down it to what real real quick sorry um the border actually like they're the um it's the same concept as the federation because like star yeah, i was just gonna say yeah, that yeah yeah. Like, they want to bring all of these people in. They want to have all of these different groups working together, right? Well, the Borg want the same thing, only you don't get a choice.
1: Yes. that. So, All right. So, you know what we haven't done? We haven't given, like, a brief breakdown of, like, overall, like... We keep saying, like, the Federation and talking about... Like, nobody knows who the, fucking, yeah. who the Federation are. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is
2: the 101. You're, yeah, you're 100%. right.
1: This is the 101, yeah. All right. So, um, by all means... Uh, If anybody wants to take these reins as opposed to me, feel free. Uh, Why don't we we tag-team this? Sounds good. All right, so... Federation refers to the United Federation of Planets. Um, The Earth, like I said, it's a utopian future. Everything's going well. After shit went really, really bad. Funny enough, right around this time. um, There's a a, a joke... Yeah, Uh, yeah, uh, within like, yeah, 50 to 100 years. But like, we're getting fucking close. Um... Uh, there's a a joke that kind of goes around every time uh, in the last couple of years, every time something really bad happens. And it's like, oh, it's the Bell Riots starting up um, because that was like the beginning of shit going really, really sour. And ultimately, like basically World War Three that led into like, OK, we need to get our shit together. And that is when you started getting like, all right, now we're pushing forward together as like, you know, one big group
3: uh, as opposed to like lots of little factions and being assholes. Um, Let me let me jump in real quick there. Go ahead. So the reason why humanity comes together is because a alien spaceship shows up on Earth because this guy named Zefram Cochran created a ship that could travel faster than light. Which is so he was the one who created created warp a warp drive and this alien ship was just out patrolling thinking Earth was some primitive bullshit backwater planet and then he's like, oh, fuck, they have Warp Drive? Let's go down there and talk to them. And that was First Contact. So if you ever watch any of the movies, like Star Trek First Contact kind of goes into that. But that solitary moment, they created Warp Drive. It brought the aliens to Earth because they were like, well, maybe these guys are evolved, started the whole concept of. The Federation, Humanity came together and was like, now we can explore the stars. We can meet other races. Like we have a common goal now and we can put all this bullshit beside. So, okay. Well, and it's, it's, it's not just, um, they happen to see
1: us. It's, um, aliens exist. We're not alone in the universe and they're intelligent life that could actually benefit us. And we might be able to benefit them. Um, and that becomes—correct uh, uh, me if I'm wrong—but that becomes the the uh, um, part of the Prime Directive is that you don't you don't reveal yourself to an aliens alien race uh, that is pre warp. Yeah. Um, if like if they don't have that technology, it is now not our place to be like, hey, there's all this cool shit you can do uh, if you have if you have the proper technology for it. Uh, You have to wait for them to achieve that before you can kind of reveal yourself as like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's aliens. Um, Steve, (laughs) pick it up. Yeah,
2: yeah, I just watched an episode on that specific uh, topic where um, one of the missions of the Enterprise is to... Uh, go down and uh, there's a a, a planet that's about to hit warp drive like they're literally in the final stages of developing it so it it explores that topic but um, so the federation of planets uh, time passes Uh, I believe it's the it's the Vulcans right who is that first alien that that we interact with Um, and so you're you're, you're, yes I wanted to say wrong
1: but yeah it's the Vulcans
3: you're, it was a really popular. cool reveal in first contract. Nobody knew, uh, nobody knew who it was. At and time, then that ship spoiler, lands sorry. and it, <laughs> and it opens it up. Down, yeah. And, you're just, and they're like, they're like, boom, live long and prosper. You're like, Oh shit.
2: So Spock, probably the most popular Vulcan. I mean, in pop culture, everyone kind of knows Spock and, and, and that kind of thing. So his race and, and, and earth, um, you know, they, they meet up and time passes and more planets are brought into this federation. Um, a common misconception, too, is Federation, Starfleet, same thing. They are not the same thing. And I, and I want to uh, talk about Starfleet. Starfleet is part of, like, Federation in the sense that they are, like, the explorer, you know, defender kind of wing of of the Federation. And when when your planet joins the Federation of Planets, you can be like, yeah, that's fine. We're going to do our own thing over here. We acknowledge you. We have warp drive. You know, we, we get what's going on here. Or you can participate in Starfleet. And and there's, uh, you know, that's that's where all the ships are. That's what the Enterprise is part of. The Enterprise. And there's many derivations of the Enterprise. So the original series was the Enterprise. Um, the next generation was, was the Enterprise D. Uh, some of the movies have Enterprise B. There's C, so on and so forth. I think it's all the way up like to F or something at this point. Um, but that's usually the flagship of the Enterprise. And there's all kinds of different vessels in Starfleet, and they have different functions. They're doing scientific research. They are doing, um, you know, sometimes defense. Uh, they are, you know, basically flying around the universe doing various missions. But the important thing is Starfleet is not a military force. They have defensive capabilities. They have You know, photon torpedoes, uh, lasers, those kind of things. But they're really more kind of like a Jedi philosophy. They're mostly to be used for defense, never really for attack. And, of course, some of the Star uh, Trek series you're going to get, oh, man, an admiral went crazy or or some kind of stuff. You know, some some guys attacking guys over here. And now we're in a moral quandary. Do we protect our enemies and go fight our guys? or, Or what are we doing here? So, you know, there are certainly scenarios where, the weapon systems are used in a way that is not part of it. But really, these, these uh, ships are meant to go explore and research and go find out what's out there. Um, and, and it really uh, sums it up kind of in the in the intro as well, is their, their mission is to go out and explore uh, strange new worlds and new civilizations. Um, and, and that's really the objective of Starfleet, and some of that is bringing new uh, planets into the Federation, and then I think the next logical step—and uh, maybe it's time to pass the mic over to Mike here—is talk about some of the more popular, like pop culture races that are part of the Star, you know, Federation and then Starfleet. So I mean, you got humans and Vulcans, but there's a lot more.
3: Yeah, and like I wanted to touch on it real quick, and then I'll go into some of the, the more popular like things that you've probably heard people talking about. Um, but in general, like one of the things that makes star trek great is that you see that humanity has come together but then also too that doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way and that it's going to stay perfect and like not everybody's perfect and you see that there's douchebags. we mentioned the admirals before like if if Yuli was on the show, he would mention like there is an inordinate amount of rogue admirals who do crazy <laughs> shit on a regular basis <laughs> in Star Trek, and it makes no goddamn sense. Like
2: I mean, sometimes they have like a weird like worm that took them over, but most of the time they're <laughs> just crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but well, like that's that's what makes it great is that these ideals, the these people that stand for these ideals that are important, you know. Like this is an important step. This is an important thing. These are what we stand for. What you're doing is wrong, and they will fight for that. And that's when you see these peaceful defensive ships turn. Like, let's have a fight. Let's 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 duke it out. And I mean, again, you know, as a kid, those were always my favorite ones because you know, shit was blowing up, so it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the races, like, that's what's cool about this too, is you get like, factions. So, like, for instance, the big one is always the Federation versus the Klingons. That's been since the original series. The Klingons were the stand-in for the communists. And of course, Starfleet was, you know, was good old America, USA, you know, flag waving in the background. There's actually an episode where um, William Shatner, as Captain Kirk, reads from the Declaration, or not the Declaration of Independence, uh the Constitution, and it is the most overly patriotic bullshit ever, <laughs> but it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> e Plubnista is the, it's it's Latin for we the people, and he just reads this shit, and it's so ridiculous. But it was the 60s, you know, like, we gotta beat them Congress. The Klingons are, like, a warrior race. Like, it's all about honor and glory in battle. Like, I at, picture, one, like,
2: the Spartans. Yes, it is a parallel
3: Yeah, like everything is about about battle and dying in battle and Glory to the Empire and those sorts of things and for a long time. They're the big bad throughout the original series and all of the um, Original series movies up until the last one the last one is about the peace accords to try to end this war between the Federation and the Klingons and honestly if you were gonna look for one that that's a great analogy for what war is like but also how how humans react to it star trek 6 the undiscovered country is a really great one because you have this guy in captain kirk who has been fighting the klingons for all of his adult life now has to make peace with them and it's not easy for him it's not like all right well time to make peace it's just like yeah um these guys are dicks and they've been dicks to me for like 30 years so i'm not ready to just like hang it up and there's a lot of klingons that feel the exact same way too and The Klingons are are a huge part Um, the Romulans like The Romulans are a big part, but you really never know a whole lot about them because they're very mysterious They're actually related to the Vulcans. They're related to they're an offshoot of the same race, right? So they look very similar Um, They don't do the exact same things, but they're very similar Vulcans are much more logical like that's their big thing Everything is about logic. They've they purged emotion like you don't see Vulcans get emotional and when they do um, they're embarrassed for forever, and it's a, a whole thing.
1: And there's there's also a thing with the Vulcans specifically about the you know and it, it's, it's equal parts like just you know sort of like rumored and, and quietly discussed. but also like they, they just flat out talk about it at certain times where it's the Vulcans purged emotion because if they didn't, they were gonna kill everyone else and themselves. Uh, like they're so like they 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 would make the Klingons look like peaceniks comparatively. <laughs> um, like so so the Vulcans purging emotion was one hundred percent about like all right, we gotta we gotta get this shit under control. We gotta do some serious meditation. We gotta do some like you know like real real soul searching and shit. Because um, I mean and, and like you know there's there's the one time where they're all sort of like able to tap back into that. Which is pond far. And it's oh, fucking yeah. Vulcan so, mating season.
3: <laughs> once every seven once every seven years, the Vulcans have this thing called pond Far where they have to mate. It's not want to mate, they have to mate. <laughs> and like just shit goes down all the time. Giant like it's orgy, just basically? it's 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 more like one would assume. Yeah. Like but like at one point I it, it's really complex, but like Spock is the mentor to this um, uh, Vulcan uh, lieutenant, Savik. And some things happen, and there's speculation that he might actually have fathered a child with her, but they never discuss it in canon, but it's assumed that that's the reason why she didn't go with them back to Earth in Star Trek IV, the voyage home. She stayed on Vulcan because she was pregnant with Spock's kid. Um, But there's so much more to that because, (laughs) you know what? Fuck it. Still watch the movie. It's really good. I'm gonna spoil it for you. (laughs) So, so basically, Spock dies at the end of uh, Star Trek Two, right? But then in Star Trek Three, he comes back to life because of this planet. This planet has these rejuvenative properties because of the they terraformed it, and in doing that, in him coming back to life, he comes back to life as a child. So like. He's like maybe like I'm assuming like seventeen, eighteen, maybe twenty-one. If we're doing seven, like I don't know when they first hit Ponfar, but let's just assume that he's of legal age, okay? And him and Savik hook up. So it's weird because she's hooking up with her mentor, who was a lot older than her, who's now younger than her. It's it's a it's a fucking trip. Yeah, it's like it's like in Futurama when Spock be, uh, when uh when uh, Fry. Fry becomes his Fry. own grandfather. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so you know the it's funny.
1: The Federation is referenced so constantly, but I just looked up one: how many how many races are in the Federation? Like and two, uh, depending on the timing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the initial well, I was talking about the the initial uh, uh, the initial Federation was just the five. Um, also, fucking nerd, that number
3: came out <laughs> of you fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like Um, I might have won a trivia contest one time at a bar. Okay,
2: but yeah, it was Mike versus himself, but he still won, damn
1: it. (laughs) It's it's as much about um about exploration and about learning um as much as you can uh as it is about anything else uh and it's 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 a great opportunity for sci-fi to do what it's really good at uh, and what what all genre fiction is really good at, which is. Um, we're going to be a mirror against, uh, uh, you know, reality. Like we're going to use this, these sto- this story, the storytelling to really explore these ideas. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, common enemies would be, uh, the Romulans because they're like Vulcans, but more like dickheads. Um, uh, Ferengi would pop up a lot because, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the. It's it's certainly the, the the most like poisonous version of capitalism, uh, in terms of like it doesn't matter, like other people don't matter, other you know everything you do is based in profit. If you're not making making money, you're a fucking chump. Um, which is you know one of the one of the series uh, uh, most famous characters uh, on Deep Space Nine is Quark, who owns the bar uh, on on the Deep Space Nine. Um, and everyone is like, "Dude, what's your deal, man?" Like, it's gold press, Latinum is the 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 currency uh, at the time,
3: and they're like, "So what do you do with it?" And he's like, "You yeah, have it. It's awesome." He's <laughs> basically like, like a he's like a dragon in like a Lord of the Rings. Yeah,
1: and, and oh, you yeah. get to you get to sort of explore like you know when you when you remove the um, the social symbolism. Uh, like the, when you take like the, the literal currency away from money it's just pieces of metal that you can stack together and it like makes a nice clinking sound like what the fuck man um, but yeah so the Frangie, uh the Romulans uh, and we're talking about the Borg, the Borg were first introduced in Next Generation um, and uh, uh, and like Mike said uh, uh, I, it, it's one of those like while you're talking about a thing you realize a thing The Borg are like the dark version of the Federation, only with the Federation, it's like, hey, we have this nice club, and we work together, and we try to better each other, Uh, and if you want to join up, hey, we'd love to have you, but here here are the rules you got to abide by. And with the Borg, it's resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. We will take the best of you
3: and add it to our collective, thereby strengthening us. And by adding to the collective, we're talking about surgically altering these people and putting like computer parts and like, the, yeah, like it, it, at first it's a physical transformation where they actually like implant cybernetics into a person, like arms and eyes and like um, all sorts of other nasty shit. But later as the series progresses, because the board keep evolving too, because they take all of these people and they just suck up everything that they know and everything that they are. And add it to theirs, but because they're a collective, not just of people, it's like an interconnect. It's like an internet, and they share all of those data with each other. They get to this point where they have these things called nano probes, where they're tiny. They're like the size of a cell, but they basically inject them into people, and it takes over the person and turns them into a Borg on a cellular level. So you literally watch them become a Borg from the inside out, and it's fucking creepy. Horrifying. They're yeah. space. They're space zombies.
1: Yeah. Space fucking space zombies. Uh, um. Uh, uh, and also kind of vampiric. And And they're smart as shit, too. That's the other problem. And that's the thing. Like what Mike was saying, they're super evolving because they're arguably two minds, depending on the collective and the queen. Um, But really, they're one giant hive mind. Um, And they're constantly picking up, you know, thousands and thousands of people at any given, you know, given a uh, uh, moment and adding you know, your, oh, what's the fucking term? Your distinctiveness to our own.
3: Distinctiveness to your to our own. Yes, that's what it is. It's, culture it's, will it's, adapt to service us. It's it's a about... <laughs> fucking hate you. I hate you so much because you're, so you're like squeezing my head right now it's and all of this nerd comes out. I need mean to
1: do it and it's so perfectly, literally like, oh, I might know what it is. Um <laughs> but it's it's you know I mean, whereas the Federation is about saying you are different from me and that's awesome. Let's celebrate that difference and work together to be better together. The Borg is you're different, but we will make you we will improve you by making you like us. We will homogenize every aspect of you. Your what everything that is different about you will be added to our to us as a whole, and there's nothing you can do about it and if
2: it's beneficial it's completely utilitarian they don't have any interest at all in uniqueness creativity anything along those lines it's if it's a practical utilitarian use we'll take it everything else is garbage um and and we're just going to keep walking across the universe here in our giant cubes and, and grab everyone literally they scoop entire like colonies out uh, of planets and stuff and they just suck up everything they can it's it's pretty horrifying sometimes i want to read about this. what it is there's there's
3: a there's a thread that i absolutely love it, it's the thread is titled the united federation of hold my beer i got this <laughs> so, i love that post <laughs> okay so what it what it boils down to is is you've got the klingons these like militaristic like honor driven like Badasses, you don't want to fight these guys in a war because they are going to come at you with everything they've got like at one point wharf is piloting a, a ship called the defiant and like he thinks the borg are going to, going to defeat them and he says perhaps today is a good day to die and then commands them to ram the borg cube he's like fuck it we're all going down then
1: cubes are big fucking ships too
3: yeah giant ships full of space zombies so basically like this whole post like is it, like the the Pretend conversation is the Vulcan Science Academy, like the super nerds, the smartest of the smart are asking the humans, why do you need another warp core? And the humans say, we're going to plug the two of them together and see if we go twice as fast. And the Vulcan Science Academy says, last time we gave you a warp core, you threw it into the sun to see if the sun would go twice as fast. And the humans are like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then another human goes, but it did though. And then the Vulcan Science Academy was like, but it exploded. And the humans are like, but it exploded twice as fast. Uh (laughs) They're saying that this, like the human element of like, I'm going to try some crazy shit and see if it works. Is there a reason why everybody in the Federation keeps humans involved? Because they're like, they're crazy. They're insane. Like they make no sense. They're, they're overly passionate. Their passion over overrides their logic.
1: They're chaotic. Good. Yeah. Human beings are chaotic. Good in the Federation.
3: But they talk about like it's the only reason they can beat the Borg. They say especially because of how well it plays in my headcanon that the Federation does so much better against the Borg than anyone else because beating the Borg with military tactics is impossible, but beating them with wacky super science shenanigans works as long as they're unique wacky super science shenanigans. <laughs> yep.
1: Oh yeah. No, that's one of the most one of the more terrifying things as well. So all the the weapons that that uh, the Federation and and most most of the cultures have are energy based, right? Um, well, you know. Because everything's super evolved, you know, and we're, like, 400 years in the future, most things are energy-based, including shields on ships, but the Borg have individual, like, like, force fields and shit, and they will adapt within, like, one or two cycles um, uh, of, like, you know, the information passing around the hive uh, to just neutralize whatever your weapons are. Um, unless, of course, those weapons are holographic bullets, um, at which point <laughs> they're... Not quite as good at, at, at dealing with that. Um, <laughs> that is a very direct reference MC, to
3: the movie. MC uh, <laughs> a really a really good comparison is imagine that the Borg are every single sabermetrics baseball nerd you've ever met. Where they're like, well, this person is obviously going to hit a double it's because re- it, like when it's <laughs> when it's raining on Yikes. a Tuesday and they're going against a left-handed pitcher who has red hair and blue eyes, they have a four hundred, they have a four fifty on base percentage, like that kind of shit. That's the Borg. They figure shit out by by. Analyzing the fuck out of everything, yeah, it's it's. And insane. then the
2: human's entire plan is, it's just so crazy it might work, and they uh-huh. just do a thing, and then
1: it works. It's a million <laughs> to one chance. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah, like damn odds. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I just, I love this thread, too, because I'm reading it, and it's like, they're talking about, like, they're like, you know what, I'm done with this post, but let's talk about the USS Pegasus. It was a test bed for the Starfleet's, Starfleet's first cloaking device, and what did they do? They fly it through a fucking planet. But why, <laughs> said one Vulcan in the room? Because that would fucking rule, said the humans as they high-fived
0: each other. How about humans? Like, they're just 18-year-old frat boys. Yep. It's, that's, that's the... That's
3: the joke, but like so many of them, like Captain Kirk gets gets ripped all the time. They're like, oh, he was he was just trying to plow every single alien he possibly could. But one of the things that you miss in that is that's hyperbole because there are many instances. Like at one point, a, um, a U.S. Air Force test pilot somehow gets sucked back into – oh, wait, no, the Enterprise gets sucked back into time and they save a test pilot from exploding and they bring him on the Enterprise and he walks by a female crewman and he turns around and, he, and the test pilot's like, yeah, all right, a hot chick. And Kirk like looks at me, and he goes, no, no, that's a crewman. Yeah, A woman? A crewman. Yeah, a crewman. Like, that's his thing is like, it, they say all these things about him. Yeah, he, he plowed some alien chicks, right? Like he did all right for himself. But at the same time, too, he was never disrespectful. He was never, like, doing any of this horrible shit that you hear about. Like, no, he, he actually genuinely cared and was all about equality. And, like, if you watch those old episodes, he's actually a really good military commander. Like, follows the rules by the fucking book, with the exception of when he stole his own ship to go save his friend. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. Shatner is a way bigger dick than James Kirk is. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think uh, an element of that mentality about Kirk was just, you know, Shatner shatting it up, you know, in his <laughs> performances sometimes. Um, and, and that was one of the biggest things. So back to the 101 element, let's you let's talk about some of the captains. Um, so so Mike just kind of laid out the the Captain Kirk, the original series captain, the juxtaposition to Captain Kirk in the Next Generation series. The follow up a couple decades later was Jean-Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart. And while he is a kind of smart tactician, his real claim to fame was his diplomacy. Like, that's where they they really wanted to highlight how he was different from Kirk. Not that Kirk wasn't diplomatic and not that Picard isn't good in a a military situation. You know, he knows when to pull the trigger when he has to. But um, that's Picard's whole shtick is that he is... A diplomat's diplomat. Like, this guy knows how to talk to people and work out a mutually beneficial situation.
3: And the British accent doesn't hurt either. I mean, like, not
2: at all. Not at all. Just all the time. This guy is like, you know, Shakespeare's wet dream. So,
3: to quote you, you, MC, he's got the juice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I had a feeling yeah you should see
3: him he goes to this planet Riza, and there's this hot chick named vash and he, oh dude like he's Speaking just like
0: of Frankie, <laughs> he's just and they like go well, find you know. an ancient
2: egyptian treasure or some other sort of nonsense um Gosh, so it, perhaps we yeah.
0: should
3: share this blanket this evening mm. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah card does all right for himself um it's for, doing for sure. just fine yeah but like the 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 kirk analog in the next generation is is more Riker. the you know i'm gonna get stuff done i'm always going down on the away missions to the planets Uh, the away mission is when they go from the the ship and send a crew down to do some kind of little mission on the planet or whatever um and he's more the guns blazing cowboy kind of mentality and picard's the hold on let's let's think about this kind of mentality and i think we talked earlier about star wars star trek that is kind of like the big star trek debate right is is who's your captain like right? who's your who's your favorite captain of the of the various series so um those are the two other one. but i mean there's a couple others so i'll pass the, yeah, the torch I on mean, well, wants to pick up janeway and cisco
0: That was going to be uh, well that was going to be one of the questions i wanted to get in because i i've heard i've seen that debate so i was going to ask you all who's your captain
3: oh i'm fuck that's hard <laughs> <laughs> hurt your... Archer, Jesus Christ. Archer. You know
1: <laughs> no, that's no Enterprise. <laughs> that goddamn show. I like Scott Bakula, but I yeah, love I, like Scott cool. I Anything, just wish yeah. he would
3: have leaped out of that show.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the formula for Enterprise should have added up to this is a show James Rambo will love, but that show is not good. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who really love it, and I'm like, hey, I'm glad you found a
3: thing you love. It's okay, but, holy shit. <laughs> Ugh. My, my captain, I'm going with, I'm going with Kirk. Like, even though William Shatner is a piece of shit, like, that's the guy I want. Like, cause one, he's like, he's got so much swag. It's ridiculous. That is the cockiest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Like he just, he just exudes confidence. Like at one point, like they fixed the warp drive and, and on the enterprise, this is in the first movie in the motion picture. And they shoot off into warp and Chekhov looks over at him because Chekhov had just gotten injured the last time they tried to go to warp. Um, Turns over and looks at him. And what does Kirk do? Shoots him a wink. He's like, gotcha, kid. And you're just like, this fucking guy. (laughs) 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 But like, yeah, I would. But honestly, I'd be okay with Picard. I would just be afraid to work under Picard because I feel like his standards would be so high. And I would want him to approve of what I was doing. And he wouldn't give it because that's the way he is. He's not emotionless. He's just, he's a hard nut to crack. And like, you just, you see these people, they're like, Jean-Luc, I just wish you'd show some emotion. And he's like, Oh, we don't do that on this ship.
2: Get these freaking (laughs) kids out of here.
3: (laughs) Which is funny
1: because that actually ties back to a meta story about Patrick Stewart on the show proper, where in the first season, um, you know, this is a guy who came from the Royal Shakespeare Theatre, uh, and like Ian McKellen specifically was like, "Dude, do not take this job. It's a terrible idea. You know, you'll be you'll be pigeonholed and it'll be awful." Um, and he's like, "I don't know, man. It's good money and consistent work." Uh, and so he did, and of course, McKellen years later is like, "I was totally wrong about that. Yeah, he should, absolutely should have done that." Um, but there would be a lot of like jokes and pranks and things around set, and. He would get pissed. He would get fucking <laughs> heated, and he called this meeting of the crew, uh, or the cast, and they were like, "We are professionals. We are at work. You will do your job." And I think it was Jonathan Frakes who was like, "Dude, you got to relax, man. Like, <laughs> yes, this is work, and we have to do our jobs. But you're gonna have a fucking aneurysm." And it took him kind of like being called uh, called out about it to relax a little bit and calm down, and like. You know, famously, the the you know certainly comparatively, um, the 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 original series the TOS crew um, for the most part they're yes. all pretty friendly. Um, of oh, the original series, yeah, the yeah sorry, yeah original series. Um, uh, but the TNG crew they're like fucking family. Oh, they love um, each other. Yeah, yeah, they're they're super tight. Um, but yeah, it it was you know to answer that question, I'm between Picard. And Cisco. Because Fox Cisco's cool. God yeah. damn, that and dude is honestly, awesome. And
3: if honestly, I'm, if I'm stuck in the Delta Quadrant, which the premise for Voyager, really cool story. Like, it's the first Star Trek series where they're on a ship and it's not named Enterprise. But what happens is, is there's these four quadrants that, of known space that we've explored, right? Um, the Delta Quadrant, we haven't touched yet. We haven't gotten there, but we know where it is. The And it's, like, fucking ridiculously far away, like 500 light years, something like that. And the Voyager gets sucked into this temporal thing and shot out into the Delta Quadrant, and they're stuck there. They can't get back. That's the premise of the show. You're now away from all of Starfleet. You're away from any alien you've ever experienced before. Oh, except, by the way, the most dangerous alien fucking ever, the Borg. Yeah, they're from the Delta Quadrant.
1: So that's what you have to do. they are 30,000 light years from Earth. Jesus. (laughs)
2: Jesus. <laughs> jeez, I didn't realize it that far. Yeah, it's been a while there, since I watched
1: Voyager. I, I, I remember, I think it was uh, Harry Kim saying something like, it's going to take 70 years if we just go in a straight line back to Earth yeah. for us to get there. And At so, maximum warp, right? yeah, maximum warp, like, you know, they don't not stand down do. for fucking anything. Um, so, like, the crew, like, the ship is set up like, all right, five-year mission. Five-year mission. That's the deal. Like you, you enlist. It's five years, and then you know you're out. Um, so they're kind of like, all right, well, this is what we signed up for. Um, and then part of the, the question becomes: you, you go on this mission that's supposed to be exploratory, and you get lost at sea. Do you keep exploring, or does the job now become all we have to do is get home? That becomes the focus. Um, and Voyager, it's got its problems. Like, there's no denying that. Um, but I think Janeway definitely gets short shrift, including from assholes like me. I can remember making really stupid, sexist jokes about, like, oh, it's the first female captain and she got the ship lost. Her, her, her. Um, Female drivers,
2: right? Uh, her, a, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> truly, I am the the pinnacle of male achievements. Let's, um, um, let's do this. I, I know we all love Star Trek so very much and we can keep going. <laughs> But we do have to get in our other episode as well. Oh, fuck, it's 9 30. Yes, exactly. Uh- <laughs> we got to get that other episode in yeah. too. So, what I want to do is, is this is, again, hey, this is an intro. This is the first class of this. We Go are going to gonna do, do a part more Star 102.
0: Trek. Exactly. 102.
3: Exactly. There's 102. so much more to do. I think it, to encapsulate it all, Star Trek is a great series to watch because it shows what humanity can do when we stop our bullshit. And it, it gives you hope, but also you get some awesome things. You get to find out what humanity is, what life is, because Data, one of my favorite characters of all time, which coincidentally is yep. why you were Data in this MC Brooks. Um, Data is learning what it is to be human, and at one point, a scientist comes to the Enterprise, and it's just like, "You're property, motherfucker. You're not. You're not a living thing." And Picard has to essentially go on trial and defend Data. Like, you are a living, breathing thing. You are a sentient being. And, like, it's it, it never, as a kid, I'm just like, this is boring. I don't want to see them in a courtroom. But, like, as an adult, that, that episode really touched me. It was like, it was like this, they're defending their comrade, somebody that they know is a, is a living, breathing thing, so to speak. Because he doesn't breathe because he's a robot. But, like... They defend him because they know what he's going through. Like he's trying to learn. He's trying to become better than he was before. In fact, he's probably more human than many humans are because he's always constantly striving to better himself. And it it never hit me until like I'm like 35, 36 when I watch this shit. I'm like, wow, that is fucking deep. That's a perfect reason why you want to watch this show. You want to watch the episodes with the Borg because you're fighting this monstrosity, this this unstoppable force, and how are they going to get out of it? That's why you want to watch Star Trek. You want to watch Star Trek because at one point the Earth is being destroyed by an alien force, and they don't know why. And the crew is smart enough to figure out that the alien force is trying to contact humpback whales that have been extinct for 400 years. And they've been communicating with them, and they wanted to know why they're no longer here. They're their only points of contact on the planet and they're gone. So they have to go back in time and bring humpback whales back to the future. Like that's why Star Trek is worth watching, because it's it you learn, like, hey, we were so short-sighted in the past that we have to go fix our own shit. Like, that's why Star Trek is worth watching. Like, because they fight for the things that matter. Like, you'll see them stand up. Somebody will say some racist shit and Kirk will get in a bar fight about it. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens. Like, in a nutshell.
0: Awesome.
3: Good point to wrap up, guys. Yeah, yeah I, I, think think so. So. I think so. All right. Yeah. So, guys. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of At The Diner on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. This is another episode of Geek 101. We're going to do more of this for Star Trek. We've got so much more geeky stuff that we can talk about. But I want to thank you guys all for listening. You guys are giving us some incredible numbers. And it's just like it's so amazing every day to see that there's this many people out there who listen to our nonsense that you guys want to listen to for nerds talk about nerd shit. We appreciate you, but I also appreciate the guys that help make this show possible. I already mentioned it before. So big thanks to Steve Monick, big thanks to James Rambo, big thanks to MC Brooks. These guys do amazing things behind the scenes that you guys don't even see. But also too, they're great friends and I appreciate that. So this is gonna wrap us up for this episode of Geek One O One at the Diner. Um Stay tuned because we've got another episode coming up. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to wait, though, unless you're a Patreon subscriber. So (laughs) it only takes you a couple bucks. We're talking like $5 at a minimum, and you get extra episodes as early as possible. In fact, they'll be up this weekend. Like They'll be up the 1st of November or um, October 31st. That's Saturday. You will be able to access it then. But until then, you're going to have to wait until next week. And it's really cool, too, because we're going to be talking about the Spider-Verse. So on that tease... Either sign up for the Patreon or, you know, wait until next week, maybe. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, as MC has coined in his amazing theme song, together there are no heights that we can't reach. Have a great night.
1: Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts.
0: This has been Pirate Radio Network Production, Juice Bags. (laughs) Yeah, boy.